Men of low moral fiber. Choo choo choo. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. This is how I saw episode two. And I know who you talk about, man. <laughs> Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. And I'm Kurt Reynolds. Dare do that. Double down, Don. <laughs> we need to give a parental advisory for this. Clicking furiously on my mouse. Eat it. Eat the paella. Question's hot. All right, everybody. Let's get swifty. That was cool. That was fun, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Oh. Welcome to Men of Low Moral Fiber, the show that would never senselessly murder a majestic mythological dragon that was vindictively giving us chronic, agonizing nightmares, even for a million bucks. I'm your host, Ben Helms, and with me as always is my slow-clicking, always-geisting, ghost-dispatching big brother and co-host, Jason Helms. How's it going, good sir? I, I'm never geisting. R- rarely geisting. I don't know. I could see you I, geisting. Yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of rumors about me geisting. Kathy geisting, maybe? Oh, always Kathy geisting. <laughs> Oh man, 10 never, seconds in. Never done, guys. 30, 30 rock jokes. I love it. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So today we're talking about Geisting because we are talking all about the brand spanking new game. It's only three months old. Uh, Unavowed. Yeah. And uh, Jason, you were responsible for picking this one out. Yeah. I don't remember where I first heard about it, but I just remembered seeing that there was a new point and click adventure out there. Uh, mm-hmm. They come out rarely, and I get excited when they do. It's called Unavowed. Um, reached out to somebody uh, on their PR team and was able to get us a couple Steam links for it and thought, this is a great chance for us to play this uh, point-and-click adventure. And I want to say that that the idea was, oh, from a company that, that I've never heard of and a developer I've never heard of, and but that actually was not the case because um, it was by a developer I had heard of. I was just wrong because uh, I thought it was by Ron Gilbert. Um, it's his nephew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no relation. No relation at all that we know of. Uh, but it's by Dave Gilbert. Dave. Uh, and so it, it was a chance to play something by someone I didn't know anything about. But uh, yeah, that's not what I thought going into it. It, it was not till after I finished the game, I think, uh, or at least was about halfway through that I realized it was not Ron Gilbert, uh, which is great because I had all these connections to old LucasArts games in my mind. And I was like, oh, you know, you can see a lot of the same humor. I'm, it, it's clear that, you know, Ron's really picking up on a lot of the stuff that he's done. No, no. No. no, yeah, and you told me, it was like, oh, you have this new Ron Gilbert game. I was like, no, sweet. And then right before I actually sat down to play it, you're like, no, it's not Ron, it's Dave Gilbert. I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, so good luck. See you later. But we already said we're doing it. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and I was so happy with like the first hour or like the first five minutes of the game. But I was like, okay, cool. I'm fine with this not being Ron Gilbert because this game is not only really fun, right? That's our official review. This was really fun. We like the game. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have gripes and stuff. But overall... It blew us away, but also it had that super retro feel. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it's right up the Mold Valley, right? If it was yep. a modern game that that was good, that that'd be fine. We'd fit it in, but it w- didn't quite fit that Mold vibe, you know. But this fit it perfectly. I was stoked that that the game was what it was. Yeah, it reminded the, me the most of the Indiana Jones games uh, from the point and click adventures, uh, and it could be just because those are the ones I think that have the most like human looking protagonists. Yeah, um, but but also just the way the the way the story was told yeah. and the way humor was used kind of sparingly. It wasn't the over-the-top humor of Day of the Tentacle. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I, I definitely, I would guess that Dave Gilbert has played quite a few. Uh, oh, sure. Monkey, yeah. Monkey's Island. Yes. And um, yeah, I did that right. Yeah, Island, yeah. Island's Monkey. Yeah. Uh, for, yeah, for me, it reminded me a lot of the Prince of Persia. Like, I think it was the original Prince of yeah. Persia one, early 90s, maybe late 80s. And it had that same type of kind of 3D, or I guess, sorry, 2D animation of like the three or four animations of just people breathing or like the knife fights, remember Prince of Persia, him jumping mm-hmm. and falling onto spikes, that kind of stuff. Reminded, the artwork reminded me a lot of that. Uh, but yeah, it was a blast to play. It reminded us a lot of kind of personally touching gaming moments, I would say as well from our past. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into the development. We'll talk about the gameplay itself, saving spoilers, because there's definitely some some big spoilers uh, that we don't want to spoil. Hey, uh, and we'll save those for the end of the discussion. Uh, then, of course, we'll have a, a mouthwatering round of what's the beer, what's the song. And we'll finish things off talking about what else we've been playing, which I'm really excited for. And that might take as long as the gameplay for this. So, yeah, uh, yeah strap in for a long uh, what else we've been playing segment today. And uh, then we'll end things with talking about our final game of 2018, what, what we're playing next month. So, oh. uh, yeah, let's jump in. Uh, sorry, Ron. We're going to talk about Dave today. Uh, Dave Gilbert. Uh, the game was released three months ago, which is another reason why we're doing it now. We'd love to spread the word and hope this game kind of takes off and other people play it because... Yeah, I think it's definitely definitely worth spending the time getting to play this game. Do you, do you have any initial 
reactions to playing it before we jump in? I was just so pleasantly surprised. Um, knowing very little about it, um, I just thought it kind of fired on every level. Um, the the general reaction to it seems to be positive. Looking at various reviews, it's got yeah. usually between 80 and 90%. But the uh, the major criticism of it is that the puzzles are a little bit too simple. And I'm super okay with that. As you know, yeah, <laughs> I same. like to set my games on easy and just play it and enjoy the story and uh, enjoy what little puzzle solving I have to do. Well, especially for, for a pair of podcast hosts that love the walking simulator games that are extremely linear, but they, or they, they have a facade of open world, but are yeah. actually very linear. Right. Like Firewatch is kind of the, the archetypal example of that. Uh, where it's you can do whatever you want, but story wise, you kind of have to do one thing after another in a straight line. Uh, and this very much felt like that, which it's a good story. I'm in love with those kind of games. Yeah, Dark Souls exists. If you're looking for that difficulty, you you will find places to to enjoy it. I mean, um, Skyrim, Fallout, Witcher. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of games that are the opposite of linear, right? You can just kind of do whatever you want. You never even have to finish the game and can spend hundreds of hours on it. This is not that. All right, so let's get into development. Sorry, I think we're skipping ahead a little bit. So this was developed by Dave Gilbert at Wadjet Eye Games, Wadjet Eye Games, uh, which yes. is a company that it's the name basically that Dave Gilbert uses to publish his own games. So him and a small team of artists and other, I think just artists. I think he does almost all the development on it, uh, all the the programming. Uh, but yeah, basically the setup for the game is at the top you choose your gender and your and your occupation. I was an actor, Jason. Oh, I was a bartender. What was your name? Uh, Briseis. It's the the name I choose in like everything. Wow, nerd. Yeah. Uh, no. Mine was Filbert because it's the name that I chose for this only game alone. Okay, uh, but yeah, it's set in a fictional. I was gonna say like post apocalyptic New York City, but I think it's just like an alternate dimension New York City where like ghosts and demons and like other spirits and poltergeists are very real. It seems like people kind of understand that they're there. No one was really surprised. No, no, I, I think it's. It's our New York City, and everybody else ignores the supernatural. Oh, interesting. Because there, there's some conversation that I ran into about that in some of my dialogue options about why don't you know people complain about the ghosts? They're like, yeah, they just don't see them. They just you know, it's easier fair. to pretend. It oh, that's happen. true, right? Yeah, there's the whole idea of like, yeah, that some people have the gift to be able to see uh, ghosts and other void supernatural touched. things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, void touch. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so you quickly, again, not even touching on the, the story of the main person, you quickly become a part of a team, the unavowed, uh, whose job it is to basically police the underworld police the supernatural rid the world of evil spirits and maintain supernatural order basically is that yeah yeah they're a terrible um, definition of what they do they're the avengers um, yes but just dr strange branch right yeah basically yeah it works uh but yeah you kind of ride from town to town you can pick which town you want to do in what order solving puzzles and ultimately trying to figure out big story wise at least the the demon that possessed your character uh, from the very beginning that you, you get exercised in the very first scene. So uh, yeah. you're kind of trying to figure out what that demon wants and you're kind of following in his footsteps, the trail that he's led. Uh, and it's, that was the really cool part. And again, we'll save the spoilers for the end. We'll get back to that. But um, yeah, I thought that that story part and kind of the twists halfway through and the twist at the very end were both just kind of really yeah, spot they, on. They really serve the characters. Well, there's a twist about 15 minutes in. Um, I mean, really, really yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, when you, figure out like how you got possessed and all that. Sure. Um, that's true. It's a pretty dramatic story beat that I was very surprised. At, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the game kind of attempting that early. And, and I was surprised that it actually, for me landed really well. Uh, but again, we'll get into spoilers uh, pretty soon. Uh, before we do that, I wanted to talk briefly about development. Yeah. Um, it was built in adventure game studio, uh, which I have not worked with, but seeing this game really makes me want to play with it. Cause this game was kind of awesome and looks phenomenal. And I didn't realize Adventure Game Studio kind of had that power. Evidently, this was the first game where um, Gilbert was thinking about switching over and doing the entire thing in Unity instead. Yeah. And uh, at the last second, while developing, just said, you know, I'm not going to learn an entire new system yeah. from scratch. Uh, let's, let me do at least one more game with Adventure Game Studio and then consider switching over to Unity. Yeah, definitely. And with that, lots of Bioware comparisons, which is kind of strange from such an old game engine, but... Uh, yeah, the, kind of the, the mute protagonist, right? That you kind of click on things. Everyone else has voices except for you. Uh, the, the personalized story beats and kind of the huge puzzle dependency chart, all very Bioware-like uh, comparisons that I, we made and just talking to each other, but also in just researching it. I kept seeing the name Bioware over and over, uh, which, yeah, I didn't realize Bioware was as, as big, which maybe that's my naivete because we've talked about them a lot just on our podcast alone. 
Uh, but they've definitely had a big influence on just modern gaming for sure. But yeah, the, the game definitely harkens back to the olden times, the days of like the original men of Low Moral Fiber, Monkey Island, we've already mentioned, uh, Prince of Persia. Uh, it uses a lot of 2D pixel art over kind of these beautiful backgrounds. The, the whole game is gorgeous, and it's it's gorgeous in the same way that like the original monkey Island is gorgeous, right? Which is still blocky. You see squares and polygons and pixels everywhere, but they do just like my basketball, my high school basketball coach told me my senior year, uh, he does the best with what he has to work with. So being five, nine playing basketball in high school, you're not going to be the best, but I did the best just like this game. You know, I've never seen 2d pixels much prettier than this game for sure. Yeah. I actually think it, shows you kind of how good Thimbleweed Park was uh, because it's a very, very yeah, different style. Totally. Um, and Thimbleweed Park really is taking advantage of a lot more computing powers, particularly in the graphics. Um, yeah. I'm thinking of those starry nights and things like that. The fireflies. Uh, and some things, of the skies. Yeah. yeah. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous game. Uh, still within pixel art. Yeah. And this is, I, I really think, a beautiful game. Oh, especially but, those portraits when people talk. I thought those yeah, were gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really well done. Uh, so yeah, Unavowed was a, a really strong game, but definitely uh, felt a lot flatter than Thimbleweed Park in terms of graphics. And it felt like uh, this was doing kind of everything you could do with Adventure Game Studio. Yeah. Whereas Thimbleweed Park was clearly made in a different system. Right, right, But right. They, they really, like you said, they did so much with what I kind of assumed was a much simpler system. And so I, I really can't wait to go play with Adventure Game Studio and find out what I can do with it. Yeah, 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 I'm excited for our, our future game that will exist someday. Uh, but yeah, that, we should mention real quick, we're talking about all the artwork, but the, the artwork and animations were by Ben Chandler, and the, all the portrait art was by Ivan Ulyanov. Uh, but yeah, you, like you said, all the reviews were almost all positive across the board. Lots of eights and nines, and it seemed like critics were, they, they loved the story, but the puzzles might have been a little bit too easy compared to, to similar games in that genre. And someone who's coming off of Dark Souls, is that what you've been playing? That just seems... Oh. impossible yes from your description yes, it's horrific uh, was it kind of nice going back and forth from that to this and just being like oh, oh i can yeah. actually accomplish things when i sit down well dark souls was was only one evening of my life i, I only oh. played for about an hour and okay. just went okay it's not for me yeah. um and i honestly i have never felt more like energized by a game yeah. than i did from dark souls like i get the attraction but i was just like i will lose the next few months of my life to this game yep and yep. I can't do that. I, I want to lose myself to Witcher 3 or to uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. or something we'll, like that. We'll get to that. We'll get yeah, that. that's this game did one of those rare things, and I think this is a way that I'm going to start judging these games, is that it made me want to do more side quests and like yeah. exhaust all of the possible like voice acting, right? Hear, hear yeah. all of the voice acting from all of the tertiary characters that have nothing to do with the plot or what I'm trying to accomplish, rather than actually do like finish the game and do like the main story beats that I know I need to do next. Like it, it made me want to kind of check out the whole world before moving on to the next thing. There's definitely been and a you, lot of games that we've done that I'm like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Rebel Assault 1, Rebel Assault 2. Not that, that I mean, those are pretty linear, but still like, you know, you're just trying to, trying to accomplish the main goal as quickly as possible. I don't really want to explore the world. And this was, this was definitely the opposite of that. And you had a male protagonist, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's, I, I went and watched uh, a couple different endings and things like that and was looking at playthroughs and i played as a female protagonist and whenever i saw a male protagonist playing it was like nails on a chalkboard like what that's not my character what this is wrong this Weird. is stupid and wrong yeah um i just felt like very strong so i'm, I'm curious you should go look at some playthroughs that have the female protagonist and just see oh, how you feel about that because you get so attached to your character yeah that's really interesting to see it uh through another eye uh and yours was did you say an actor yes yeah, Felbert was an actor. Well, what were some of the actions you could do? So, so I was a bartender, and because of that, uh, I could get people to tell me stuff. And it would give okay. it, some of the dialogue options. It would say in parentheses, "bartender." So, like just just about ev- anybody, I could say like, uh, "Okay, so uh, sounds like it's going pretty tough. What's uh, what's going on there?" And they would just like willingly volunteer lots of information. Yeah, I could lie. That was my thing. Yeah. And it's similar to yours that I could get people. I could be like to the cop or whatever that was hiding in front of a burned down building. I could just be like, um, my mom died in there. I need to go get her her safe or whatever. I can't remember what the lie was. But, you know, I would just kind of like make up stuff along the way. Uh, that would be similar to yours where I kind of get them to talk about things and get information that I couldn't get otherwise. But yeah, I would say in parentheses, actor. So I knew that yeah. only actor could could use that that action. I think in that particular one, I tried lying and it didn't work. Oh, interesting. And they're like, no, no, you can't 
come in here. <laughs> I don't believe That's you. That's stupid. You're and a terrible actor. You can kind of just come back later and say, uh, oh, man, tough night to be out, huh? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, I'd rather I'd rather be home. Yeah, tell me about it. Well, you know, uh, my wife is, you know, just starts yeah, yeah, telling, yeah. Them, telling you everything. And then pretty soon, uh, yeah, you just head in there. You yeah, know. that's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> it's, but a very different interaction. All right, should we start getting into the gameplay? Yeah, let's, uh, let's game. We've done gameplay, uh, but let's go ahead and spoil it so that we can really get into it. Oh, one last thing before we spoil. Uh, you mentioned the small talk between characters in the background. Yeah. And that was, I think, one of the strongest uh, things of this game. It's just part of the gameplay is when you go between different sections of the game, you get on the subway. And uh, riding on the train, the various characters, and how yeah. they all interact with each other. It's really phenomenal. And it starts there, but it continues in just about every room you're in. And it changes based upon which two characters... Uh, you can always have two characters with you other than yourself. That blew my mind, man. Yeah. All the combinations that you can have, not just for puzzles, but just conversations. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right. Spoiler time. Let's spoil it. I'm Mel Carissa. I'm Mel Carissa. Oh my gosh, dude. What an amazing twist. Not only that, the twist of like, and I guess this is always a twist basically, because I know that I'm Revan too. Right. So... Just go to a game assuming that you're the ultimate bad guy and you'll save a lot of these surprises, I guess. Uh, or you'll spoil a lot of these surprises. But the, the idea that I'm Milk Rissa and I also had to track down the real me? Yeah. The real Filbert? Yeah. I, I think it's it might be a better twist than Revan. Um, I, I don't want to like... Because it follows through with that, kind of what happens after. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Revan's a really good twi- <laughs> twist. I don't want to you know, bash KOTOR because it's so emotionally impacting. But in terms of just like high level kind of thematic twists, uh, so there's there's three main story beats, right? The yeah. first one is you discover uh, your main character has been possessed by a demon, and that the opening of the game is uh, some guy casting a demon out of you. Uh, then it flashes back to how you got there, uh, and you have to uh, talk a friend out of uh, locking himself in the ba- in the bathroom at the bar you work at, or at the bar you go to, I don't know, in your acting studio. Um, yeah. Wherever it is our, that works. Our little theater. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. I was in a bar. Oh, nice. And so you got to talk this guy out of it and you go in there and uh, he shoots himself or no, no, I'm sorry. He gives you uh, his magical tome uh, of demonology. The demon possesses you and then you shoot him. And it's like, whoa, holy crap. I just shot a dude. And then it says one year later and it flashes back to the opening that you had. Yep. And the idea that your character has lost a year was already just such a big twist to open on in the first 15 minutes. The next major twist is uh, you become part of this group of magic fighting superheroes and the leader of them. What's his name? Kalash. Kalash. Uh, You're blue. No, I'm Kalash. I'm Kalash. He uh, is not, not just killed about halfway through. But you actually end up having to kill him. Oh, such a good puzzle. It's a great... It's Yeah, the fact that it's a solution to a puzzle. Yeah. It's really brilliant. Uh, and you do that in front of his daughter, who is one of your uh, one of the fellow superheroes. Yeah. And then the third one is at the... Well, the, there's a couple other nice ones. I think some of the Eli stuff is really good. But at the end of the game, you find out that opening twist was actually not entirely true. Instead, you actually have been possessed this entire time. And it was... The real you, Filbert, or Briseis, who is evil. Yes. And the demon is not evil. The demon is just trying to live their life. He's knowledge. Yeah. Or yeah. she is knowledge. So so basically, you controlling this player, having no knowledge of what's going on, and just being like, well, I think this is this is what everybody is telling me how they would react. Let me just react that way. That's exactly what the demon has been doing. Yep. Yep. And so it, it's another kind of nice little meta thing. Uh, and you end up having to fight... The original Filbert, the original player character that you have never played as the entire game because you were really a demon all along. So good. Oh, by the way, the unavowed, the wall against the darkness, the protectors of the mundane world. Mm. It was in my notes because he said the, I think Kalash or Eli probably says that. Eli. Oh, that's definitely Eli. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But yeah, any, you want to just kind of go through our notes of of playing the game? We kind of go back and forth. One thing I do want to talk to you about is your choices that you made. So maybe we start there. Yeah. Uh, what did you do with with Flaming Jordan? Oh, I sent him away into the the Flame World. Yeah, me too. 
Okay. Yep. It can only happen once or whatever yep. until the end where you bring them back. But yeah, I thought that was also a cool use of all of the characters you met along the way, them all coming back for one yes. final thing that all of them owed you like a favor, basically. Yeah. And the, so that, that you kind of use them sporadically. And again, that's probably the... Per- oh, go for it. So uh, all of the monsters that you fight or save or whatever, every major person that you interacted with, you can bring back in the last level uh, to help you solve a puzzle. So good. Now, if you chose to kill those people, or you did something that resulted in their death yeah. or them not calling you back, you can still solve the puzzle. You just have to use one member of your team to solve the puzzle. And they will not be able to continue oh, it. Oh, gotcha. And so uh, you probably have the same thing as me, which is... There's a mix. Um, if, if you don't kill everybody, uh, you know, if, if there's, you're somewhere in between, which is where I was. Some of them I, yep. I killed, some of them I didn't. And so I had to use some of my team members along the way. Yep. But I also used a bunch of the villains or various people I'd met. Same. If you do it just right and you make sure that you're on the good side of every single person uh, that you fight or solve or whatever, uh, then you can have your entire team together for the final show. Oh, cool. Um, it, which probably doesn't matter. but You get an achievement. Oh, there's, okay. There's, there's so many achievements. So many achievements. So many achievements. Oh, my gosh. Let's, let's save the, the final thing for the very oh. end. Because that... that oh, so many endings. Until, I know. Exactly, yeah. Uh, what would you do with the, the merman and the police captain? I left her alive. Okay. Yeah. And just kind of said, well, watch your back. Yeah. And, yeah. and I left him alive. Yeah. I left same. both of them alive. All right. Uh, what about the, the wood lady after she slash you killed Kalash? Left her alive. Did you, you just kind of like locked her in the central park or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Same man. This no, is I didn't boring. turn it into a statue and make dogs piss on her or whatever oh, that was. What about Stan Bates after he stole Calliope's uh, muse powers? Set him free. You set him free. Yeah, I killed yeah. him. Yeah, I set him free. I was like, he's ruling the world's man spread art. Wow. And he's going around killing people because they're addicted to art. You know, you got to learn. No, I'd listen to Calliope, even though she is like the definition yeah. of manic pixie dream girl. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was just fantastic. Calliope she was great. so pissed. I trusted her knowledge. She'd been around for yeah. like 2,000 years, you know? What about the uh, the fairy? Oh, yeah. I just, well, his Greek, doesn't his great grandson just turn on fire? Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. And then, and then uh, he's like, get him off, get him off, get him off. And you're like, you know, I don't know, I can't stop him. Right? Oh, what a great scene and, that was, too. Even the, the scene before that between Eli and his grandson. That so was good. amazing. It, Talking about really his wasn't. wife and stuff. Oh, that was Fantastic so good. Way more touching yeah. than I thought it would be. Completely agree. But yeah, I'm trying to remember um, what I did. What did you do? So afterwards, you're able to kind of pull the baby off of him yeah, and say, so you know, stay away or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, or you're able to say just like roast his ass. Yeah, but I was like, I, I toasted him. I was like, you do not steal someone the grandchild. I that think is, that's what I did. That too. is unacceptable. Yeah, I think that's what I did. Too. Um, I'm I'm okay with the goofy artist um, oh. inspiring art. Um, oh, you know, no. that's that's okay with me. After the guy lit himself on fire, yeah, in a public know? park. Okay, yeah, make some art, man. But yeah, just kidnapping children. Yeah, I guess that's bad. That's frowned upon. Uh, what about Kevin? Did you let Kevin kill the dragon for a million bucks? Oh no, no. I was like, sorry, Kevin, find a new job, bro. Wow. <laughs> it's got to be wow. tough. I, I know. You, you're only going to have, what, 50,000 with your little lotto numbers. I, um, see, I killed the dragon because the dragon, my, my mind, my mind brain was basically, my, my judgment was if this person had actively, maliciously been doing bad things, then I would kill them. I tried to stay consistent with that. And the dragon had been giving him nightmares. Yeah, even though the dragon was stuck and didn't really have much of a choice, but it, and also he's a dragon, so it's true. Kevin's a dude. True. Anyway, that was yeah. I don't know if that I stand by that, but that's I, that's the I choice. I did. I did think that the game had feelings on what things were right and what things were wrong. It was not like left open to like, but who can really know what's right and what's wrong? It did put you in tough situations, but like for instance, setting the artist free, I got shit about that in I'm the sure. uh, end credits. Oh really? Like, it mentioned like uh. N- and he's out there, and uh, nobody can find him, and he's, oh, he's starting so some stuff. And so I, I got to go hunt him down now and, and stop him for good or, or whatever. That, that evil has happened because of that. And I think I made all of the other decisions the right way. Like, even Kevin, it was like, you know, hey, it was tough for him, but it was the right thing to do. And yeah, I'm, he's, he's running the restaurant that no one yeah. knows who that mysterious cook is back there because he has yep. the, the shield on or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, it, Mine didn't do that because he didn't have enough money. Oh, yeah. Right? So he just, he was doing well as a, you know, a line cook or something like that. All right. Uh, in a random restaurant. Favorite level slash moment. Ooh. I'm going to go first. You go first. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know you're going to steal mine if you think of it. Uh, the police station. Hanging out with KK. 
God, I love KK. KK's the best. KK's the best. Uh, okay, same deal, but um, the police station is a great choice because of the puzzle. Uh, I'm going to say a couple of good the, puzzles in there. Yeah, the introduction to KK in the house. Um, in the oh, house. Oh yeah, we throw the rock in the window. Oh, and yes. all, the, all the windows in the glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was because good. you just. You, so for those of you who, who haven't played it, it's uh, there's a ghost and she communicates by writing on mirrors and things like that. But she's the ghost of a hilarious sassy ten year old. Yes. So she she at one point you know says, "Ooh, I'm a ghost." Smiley face, uh, and that, that's what it says on a mirror uh, that she's written on. And so, uh, but f- before you know that, you just see creepy writing appearing on a mirror, uh, and it's just that the words themselves are not all that creepy. They're <laughs> they're yeah. silly and funny and text talk. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like something that somebody would say in Fortnite or something like that. Yep. Something that I thought really made the game feel way more is just kind of a nice touch that made the game feel real, brought the characters more to life to me, was the random banter in almost every scene. And I cut it off way too many times on accident just by clicking on something or asking someone a question. But whatever two people you decided to bring with you, there was dozens of things for those two characters specifically to interact about. I thought that was just awe-inspiring, honestly, because that's something that I've never experienced I mean, if that was in KOTOR, again, KOTOR, you're bringing, yeah. you know, you have three people. If those people are always talking to each other, that that would feel way more real and kind of engrossing than it did ha- kind of having two static people just with you all the time. So, I, I, especially with 2D graphics, to bring it to life that way, it was really clever. Yeah, the sheer amount of it was really impressive, but um, also the quality. Yeah. The little conversations were always character building. They were always interesting. They always moved the story forward. Uh, it never felt like it was just... Um, stalling yeah um they, they were really really sharp yep uh it's something that i don't even know if we can get into i'll bring it up right now and you could be like let's not even touch that uh was towards the beginning they there was a the demon said something really homophobic and i i didn't write it down i can't remember what it was but it was something someone joked about a man and a man or him loving a man or something and he said something like oh gosh never or something like that and then oh, later didn't, on didn't happen in mine okay uh but it definitely stood out to me because it just kind of it seemed very like you know, 80s comedy kind of joke that was just like, okay, that was from a different time kind of joke that was pretty offensive. And then towards the end, when you call Calliope in to help you at the very end of the last level, uh, she said, you know, you like bring her out, she's at a concert and you bring her out and she says, I really hope my date doesn't think I ditched her. Yep. Which is kind of fighting back against that. So to me, I'm, I'm wondering whenever I see these like racist or homophobic or any sort of like, bigoted or hateful things in art i'm always not torn because obviously i it's a bad thing but i'm torn on wondering if it's from the artist or if it's the artist portrayal of that character it's right. like this character would be racist right and i don't know I mean, this is a totally different discussion than what we normally have on month obviously but what kind of what's your reaction when you see those things is that something that you uh, ascribe to the artist or do you try to separate it and be like okay that character is bad because of this it's it's a solid question. My my own takeaway would be this is uh, a moment of kind of carelessness by the author. Sure. Because of a lot of other things in the game, I'm inclined to um, kind of believe in best intentions. Yeah. And that this is the, the character being homophobic, not the creator. But if you don't have another character calling them on that. Right. If there's That's not fine. that kind of critique actually happening within the text, it's tough to make that case. Yeah. And so for me, it's just one of those things where I go, yeah. It's, I probably wouldn't have made that joke. Um, so I do teach uh, the class on gender and sexuality in video games. And the last time I taught it, I had a student make um, a weird homophobic joke as, oh, yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was a uh, slut shaming joke. And um, like, you, you kind of had to dig for it. It wasn't obvious. Yeah. Uh, and, and I happened to found it when I was playing the game. And so I pulled him aside mm-hmm. to talk to him about it and said, hey, I noticed a joke in your game. Uh, and he goes, yeah, I know the one. Um, sorry about that and i was like oh so you thought he's like i i thought it was funny and i put it in there and then like as soon as i turned it in i was like oh that was dumb i don't like it and i just felt really bad it was one of those interesting conversations because i didn't have to really do anything other than say hey i wanted to talk to you about something in your game yeah and he had already had the entire conversation with himself he already beat himself up over about over it and said you know oh this is something that's gonna be really funny and thought like oh it's a cheap laugh it's not worth it it's da 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 and so it's, it was one of those interesting moments that I think he was actually very thoughtful about it and surprised me. And we had uh, kind of a good conversation. That's cool. And yeah, I think you're right. If that, if it doesn't lead to, if the only excuse for it is 
first of all, a cheap laugh, but second of all, to show who this character is. If you don't have any sort of mirror or spotlight or whatever metaphor from another character giving context to that, saying this is a bad thing, you're a bad, you know, that was a bad thing to say in this world that this artist has created. Uh, then yeah, that doesn't it portrays more of the artist or or carelessness at the very least. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, and again, I don't remember the exact quote, so there could have been that, and I just didn't see it. So I don't want to ascribe that to sure. creators of the game at all. But I, it's something that that worth talking about for sure. Occasionally, in yeah, this it's, it's a solid question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, anything else from the game? Should we jump to the end? Let's let's uh, finish it off. How, how okay? How did you end it the first time? Yeah, that's a good question because I did all four of them right. Yeah. Uh, so the very end. You, oh, I'm trying to think. Um, you confront the, yourself. You confront Filbert. Filbert yeah. 2.0. It was the, is Melchorissa basically the person. Yeah. yeah, and you confront yourself in the universe or the uh, the alternate d- dimension that he made, and he basically says, uh, "What is the? I can't remember the wording of it." Filbert wants to um, create a new alternate universe, and uh, they're going to need power. Yeah, uh, from our universe, and so they're going to need to unleash some demons and do some more shenanigans for a eh, hundred years or so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so you have the choice of either saying, yes, I accept. I'll be a part of that or no, I don't. Yep. It, it, but it was like, you can go along with me and we can, we can join together and we can become one being again. And you have shown me the light and I will not be as evil as I was. Uh, or you can stand against me and I'll murder you now. That's what it was. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so think the first time I was like, fight it. I, th- I think I said, uh, murder me now or like i'll stand against you yeah i think that's what everyone would do right that's it seems like the obvious thing and the, let's so, fight dog so the problem with that and the, the the reason this is a good puzzle and i don't hate it immediately is yeah. because he gives you a break and to click on things in the room which should be an obvious red flag to you and i yes to be like oh, okay i need to do something now there's no clock running the the bad guy's right in front of me there's only like three things in this room i can click on click on one of them and instead both of us stupidly clicked on the bad guy and kept talking to him Yep. And yeah, our choice was, I'm going to fight. Ten it, seconds it was later. because I was too gripped by the narrative. I was totally. like, I don't want to do a puzzle. I got to find out what happens. Right. No, I know. Yeah, exactly. So we clicked through and he possessed the body again, or I guess repossessed his own body. Yeah. And went through methodically room by room, killing all of the unavowed, all your friends, the people you spent the last like 10 hours with or whatever, which was heartbreaking. Yes. Seeing them turn to to like just skeletons and their like bodies rip away oh my gosh dude and then it ends <laughs> yep. and then yeah. you immediately play it again and yeah. do the other option I, which like, my last okay, save. Well, that, that one's gotta be better right? yeah yeah go to the other option which is okay i'll go with you oh dude it's just as bad it's the same thing it's just as bad of an ending and he he ends up does he kill all your friends in that one too or no he says they'll be here until i come back yeah that's what it was so he, you go back to the to earth or earth 606 yeah. or whatever it is and then they stay there just like paralyzed yeah. or uh, are unconscious oh, for geez. years, possibly. So what was. you're supposed to figure out is you can step up to the edge of the building and threaten to jump off. Which, again, there's two choices. Yeah. So yeah, basically the, the, the two options are you have your uh, Filbert, right? The character release you from your body mm-hmm. or on second thought, no, this is the only way to stop you and you fall back and kill yourself. So which one did you choose? I chose fall back. It, jump off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, fall back and, and d- jump off, and you kill yourself. And yeah, me too. Destroys Filbert, and, or is yep. he locked there forever? I can't remember what it was, but basically, yeah. Um, and your friends are all free. Yeah, your friends are all free. Yep, yep. Which is funny. I I think I was kind of ready to do that one because the previous two endings had been so bad that I was scared. And I was like, I'm not going to screw with this. I'm not going to be do any like come any closer. I'm just going to end it. And then, of course, the the best ending was if you say come any closer, and I'll jump. Yep, yep, yep. Man, what a cool way to end these games. Can you imagine if Monkey Island had like yeah. five diff- or four different endings? Yeah, or if it all turned out that you were at like an amusement park and you were both kids. Oh, okay, all right. Oh, all right, sorry. Those games are so good. So good. Well, we got to play um, them again. But no, right. this, is, this was such a pleasant surprise. And I'm so excited that we have so many other Dave Gilbert games to go back and play. True. Um, and so we will get into the Blackwell Legacy and all the various yeah. episodes and sequels of that yep, uh, yep, at yep. some point. Yeah, definitely excited for that. All right, what's the beer? This game's pretty fun. You with frustration. When I was all done, I just had to question. What's the beer? What's the song? I can't always tell. I just want to know. What game is West E12?
All right. Mine was local one, Revolver Blood and Honey. And I chose it because it is accessible and enjoyable. And that's what the Unavowed is. It is not a game for people who are, you know, you don't have to have played 20 different point-and-click adventures before playing this. It shows you how it works pretty quickly. The puzzles are pretty straightforward. But you don't have to make it difficult to make it fun. Uh, I thought it was just a phenomenal game. We made a, I think just a honey pale ale for, maybe it was a honey amber, I can't remember. Ooh. Uh, for our as our wedding favors or whatever for for all the guests at our wedding and so any honey ale always reminds me of that and the blood is blood orange um it's, we we just put our own blood into it yes so, uh yeah. it's it's also a Surprise. dangerous um it's also a dangerous beer because it's like nine percent and tastes like oh wow know, just light sweet just for nice. a like an American ale yeah jeez all right how about you yeah I went with a something that. Only I can have, apparently, or unless you come to my house in the next couple weeks. But a a, a dram from my Infinity Bottle of Whiskey, which basically Infinity Bottle is kind of like Solera, if you're familiar with how they make balsamic vinegar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but basically, it's the the simple way is I take a couple ounces from every whiskey that I own and put it in this. And so whenever I get new whiskey, I'll pour the first two ounces into this bottle. So it's a blend of all the whiskeys that I like and that I buy and that I drink. So, uh, yeah, it, it basically it's it's become this really good blend of old and new whiskey. Not only like how old it is, but it has like that smoky peatiness of like grand old Scotland and like Isla peat scotch. Uh, and just like this game is graphically and thematically old school, like we were talking about. Uh, but it, the infinity blend also has kind of the cherry and vanilla notes of like virgin American Oak from bourbon, which is the new world America. Uh, just like this game is a new game. So I had to get really nerdy there with my whiskey knowledge, but but I thought it Love was it. a pretty good metaphor. And my song is Weezer's Heart Songs, which is a song off the Red album that you and I listened to a bunch when it first came out on our way to Comic-Con. I want to say 2008. Yes. Maybe 2009, yeah. which one of those. But yeah, we listened to it the whole way down to San Diego, just kind of bumming around town. Uh, and we both fell in love with this song, Heart Songs. And it's basically a telling of Rivers Cuomo's journey of music. And it yep. builds up into him talking about all these amazing artists in the 70s and 80s and friends giving him uh, cassettes and, and records of these, you know, him expanding his knowledge of the world and music as a whole. But it's done in this very kind of, um, it's kind of done in this very like somber, slow tone until it builds up into this rich, someone gives him a CD with a baby on it. He was swimming on it. Uh, but basically, it's him, someone giving him never mind and like blowing his mind and him creating Weezer and them becoming one of the biggest bands in the world. But anyway, yeah, amazing song. Uh, and the the narrative of kind of the time traveling through all of the music that Rivers Cuomo loves reminded me of this game because it was kind of a greatest hits of all of the old school games we've done. Uh, but basically with a modern twist, just like Weezer's song, it's only 10 years old. Uh, and it, it ends with this and it has that kind of morose tone, just like this is dealing with underworld and demons and ghosts and stuff. So it's kind of a theme throughout the song as well as through the game. Whew. Yeah. What about you, man? Nice. Uh, I chose uh, Transcontinental Hustle by Gogol Bordello. Of course. And uh, Gogol Bordello is a uh, New York-based punk band uh, with lots of Eastern European folk music uh, influences. Uh, you probably heard them on the Everything is Illuminated uh, soundtrack. Um, okay. And so they've got a very Eastern European vibe to them. And I chose them because I thought it was so interesting how Unavowed was so clearly about New York. Totally. And it does that mostly without using landmarks, right? Mostly with just creating vibe yeah. and um, you know, conversations about the L train or the F train or whatever sure. it was that Eli wants to talk about. Like it really creates that in a nice way. And so I decided to choose a, a New York band that is also seems to resist what we might think of as American because uh, that's what the unavowed is. It is very, very American. And yet it's made up completely of immigrants and people who don't quite belong. Uh, and I thought Gogo Bordello was a nice match for that. Uh, and then I just was looking through their music. I hadn't listened to anything recently, and I picked up Transcontinental Hustle. And I'll just read the uh, opening verse. When death comes, I won't be there. In fact, I will not be found anywhere. Not in Nevada, not in Sahara. 
on Chomolungma or Guadalajara because I'll be climbing top of Never Neverest with my contaminated friends. And that just sounds kind of like the game. On Chomolungma or Guadalajara because I'll be climbing top of Never Neverest with my contaminated friends. Jay, what else have you been playing? Oh, so much. Hey, I was hospitalized this week uh, with a weird stomach bug. I'm doing okay now. But uh, while I was there, I pulled out Hotline Miami, uh, a game I had wanted to play for a long time and the perfect game for her being on morphine. Okay. Um, because it's very much, it's like a puzzle action game uh, where mm-hmm. you're just trying to figure out uh, how, how do I kill the 45 guys that are in this building armed with different weapons and just strategize through there and then play quick reaction stuff. Nice. Um, and uh, just get better at all these little things. And it, it was very thoughtless and fun and an easy way to go through uh, my morphine. Nice. Um, I've, of course, continued to play Witcher 3. It's amazing. Uh, and I'm taking a break from that now because I just got Red Dead Redemption 2. Thank oh, you, Ben. Happy so birthday, me. Hey, happy birthday you. Yeah. Uh, so let me let me go back and segue into my, my journey to Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm, I'm probably six to eight hours in. Uh, but I, you gave me breath of the water. You gave me a switch. Uh, I got you a game <laughs> that's even, yeah. uh, but anyway, even. we'll figure it out later. Um, yeah. And you let me borrow breath of the wild for the past month. So I've been playing that a bunch. I'm probably 20 plus hours into that and it is frustrating. You're shaking your head at me cause I don't love it. And I wish no, I no, loved it. No, it's fine. I love no, Zelda no, no. games. It, it was my realization that you said 20 hours. And I was like, Oh, what? Sorry, because I want to be like, no, give it more time, give it more time, and it's like twenty hours. Don't give it more time. Twenty is a lot. You, right? know, you know the game it is at twenty hours. Yeah, I've explored the whole map. I've I've done yeah. almost all the towers, right? So I, I understand a lot of it. Um, it's to me, I, I don't love the controls, uh, but that's not the main reason. I mean, because I, I, I keep going back to it. To me, and I, I don't want this to be insulting to you personally. I know you didn't make this game. <laughs> uh, it's like a really, really good, like mobile game. In the sense that there's not a lot of story, at least story that you're interacting with no on a story. daily. Yeah, I can or there's no story. Okay, yeah. So there's not a lot of story um, other than just like an overarching, like, this is what happened. This is what you need to do. And that's kind of it. Uh, even the stuff when Zelda's like speaking to you, it doesn't give much more develop. I guess through your memories, right? If you go around and search for the photographs, you get more of the story. But that's like, I've done one of those. Oh, I did. In my 20 one. hours, I yeah. couldn't. If I, yeah, so. That that would definitely is a little more intriguing. I can see how they try to read backstory, uh, but the gameplay, like fighting the bokoblins and whatever other um, animals and stuff, or the monsters around there, can be really fun. And I'm definitely getting better at that. I'm understanding the mechanics of the dungeon or the shrines a lot more. I love just running around and flying off things with my paraglider and climbing stuff. Super fun. Could do that and explore almost endlessly. But at the end of the day, it's still just like I can play for two hours straight and just be like, what did I? Yeah. Like, I didn't really. I, I found three shrines and I shot a couple, you know, I got a new bow or something like that. Like nothing really felt accomplished. It just, it just felt different than the previous yes. day. Yeah. Uh, and with playing Red Dead and we talked about this with with playing Witcher, but in just the past week of playing Red Dead, there's constant story. And there's, I think something that was, I'll link to this uh, video because I'm totally stealing this idea from someone uh, in the show notes. I'll link to, to someone's review of Red Dead. And basically it is the idea of Red Dead, something that does different than any other game maybe ever is it almost completely lacks in abstraction. When you need to mm-hmm. clean your gun, yeah. you li- literally need to get out oil and a rag and wipe your gun down. When yep. you travel somewhere, there's no fast travel. You have to get on a train and you have to take the train to that next town or get yep. on your horse and ride even longer. And when, when they do have fast travel, eventually it's like a three minute cut scene <laughs> or maybe it's like a minute, whatever it is. It's not like instantly loading. It's like it shows you on your horse traveling there. You do not get to complain about the controls of Breath of the Wild uh, after after talking about how good Red Dead Redemption 2 is. Um, Are you having issues? There's just so many buttons. Oh yeah, and so many things that any individual button can do. Oh, which all, is all the time. I in, love... in many ways like, oh, that's that's really cool. Yeah, but it's it's this tension between realism and simulation. Where, oh, really? Was it super realistic that I fell off a cliff because I couldn't remember which button was this? It, was that realistic? Is that just a realistic thing that someone did? Cool, cool. No, I'm glad the game is realistic. Yeah, but it also is pretty forgiving of that. If you die, it's like, sure. all right, you wake up thirty feet away. Sure. I really like the game so far. Don't yeah. worry. Uh, but I just won't. 
if I'm going to critique one of these two games yeah. in terms of controls right now, it's definitely going to be Red Dead Redemption. 2, really? Uh, that I do not find in any way uh, the controls to be... Um, intuitive. Intuitive. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, intuitive uh, at all. Uh, by the way, complete opposite with Witcher. Uh, Witcher 3, it took me you know, 15, 20 minutes to be like, okay, so what does this do? And yet very quickly felt like, okay, I get it. I get how this works. And it'll take me a while... I remember early on with Witcher 3 being like, how the hell am I ever going to remember which sword is which sword? Yeah. That's the stupidest thing like, ever. Oh, L or R. Never had, I never had to worry about it. It was obvious. And right. it was very simple. Um, and some of the other things you just, you ignored for a while, and then you slowly were like, oh, and now I'm going to start using this because I've gotten enemies that are going to require that. Right. Oh, yeah. And it let you see it seems a little bit as a video game. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 seems so invested in not letting you see it seems as a video game that almost all I see are are its seams. Yeah. Uh, if that makes sense. Like, I'm going to show you so much that you have to clean your gun that all Jason's going to think about is, oh, so R2, R, R trigger, R button, X, Y, X. That's, that's how I clean my gun? Just just a real quick that? All right, cool. so I, But also, I've never cleaned my gun. Sure. So it's not something you have to do every day or anything. Sure. No, no. Yeah, I, it's just, um, yeah, that, that's, that's my one gripe uh, so Sorry. far with Red Dead Redemption 2. And I think that'll just get easier over time. And then uh, the one thing I want to say about uh, Breath of the Wild is it, you're, you're making me think a lot about uh, kind of the story-driven, and Breath of the Wild is so not story-driven. Yeah. Like, it, it almost actively doesn't care about story. And you can't get anywhere from A, you can't get from A to B on your, like, you set a waypoint in a map in Red Dead without, like, encountering new stories along the way. Yes. But the thing with Breath of the Wild is uh, the systems, the uh, the fighting Bokoblins, uh, the seeing uh, Bokoblin uh, not be able to find its sword because you yeah, picked it up first. I love that. All those little things, the moment when you set something on fire accidentally and then jump above it and then you go flying through the air yeah. because you know, hot air rises and you, you've set up this little turbine for yourself. Like it's, it's those things and it's – I think Breath of the Wild is more of a toy and Red Dead Redemption 2 is more of a narrative delivery device. And I don't want to say, you know, Ludic, which is the toy version versus narrative. I don't want to distinguish those and say one is good, one is bad. I completely disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But they do seem to be leaning really hard on one side versus the other. Sure. And uh, I'm, I, was, I really had a lot of fun with Breath of the Wild. And I also understand, like, yeah, it doesn't have, it doesn't have a lot of story. Yeah. I, I'm totally there. Which is most Nintendo games, the, yeah. the like core brand Nintendo games. Mario obviously doesn't have a, a lot of plot either, uh, and, and that's just kind of how it is. And Nintendo is famous for focusing on the the gameplay, which is it excels at. Every Mario game has been like this new new echelon, uh, right? Like Mario sixty four, original Super Mario is like this new echelon of gameplay across all consoles, all platforms, uh, and that's kind of what Breath of the Wild did for uh, for I was gonna say we for Switch. So it definitely is really fun like i said to just like run around and beat up a coblins and it took me a while to figure out how to do that but once i did super fun yeah and once i stopped dying every 10 seconds but yeah I, yeah I think and you talked about wanting to do stuff feeling like you spent two hours and like what did i even do and for me that's the beauty of breath of the wild is that it was is not a game you can beat right it's a game like i i have beaten it but i, I never finished it right you no know, I, I i can't be done with it yeah it's any more than like chess is a game you can beat um, it's, it's just always sitting there. I, I can always pick it up for two or three hours and just feel good about that. Yep. It's like, Oh, that was fun. Uh, that was really nice. I wouldn't have to have done something. Whereas Witcher three, if I pulled that up, it's like, if all I did was upgrade some equipment and like get from here to there and explore an area, I'm like, Oh, I should have started another, qu- um, oh, I, sh- I should have gotten this done. And I feel much more checklisty about it. Yeah. But hopefully breath of the wild fixed me of that. So I can just be like a little bit more exploring in Witcher three, you know? Yeah, and that's something that I'm loving in, in Red Dead, and maybe it was something that inspired me from Breath of the Wild, that I am having a lot of fun just going around, like, looking for white dots, which are the, the non-core story missions. Yeah. And, like, if something's like, oh, it's on the other side of the map, it'll take me 15 minutes to get there by horse, or I could get there by train in two minutes. I'll just go by horse and, like, do a bunch of side missions along the way, because I'm loving every single side mission, whether it's, like, a guy who got bit by a snake, and you giving him your whatever poison remedy or whatever, some health thing. And that comes back 10 hours later by him giving you something really cool. I won't spoil, but uh, I mean, there's just so many small things that tie into the main story that it's like unbelievable. This is, it is believable actually because it's happening, but it's, it's, 
awe inspiring. I don't even know what the right word is, yeah. but it's it's really fun to play. I'm having a blast with it so yeah, far, man. Sweet. It's really fun. Uh, well, right. in honor of Red Dead Redemption 2, let's talk about our next game. Uh, we are going to play not Red Dead Redemption 1, but the original Red Dead Redemption. Not Red Dead Revolver. Oh. Even earlier. Oh. We're going to play Outlaws. Outlaws. Um, which I, I consider a uh, spiritual uh, predecessor yep. uh, of all of these because... <laughs> It was a Western-themed uh, first-person shooter. A LucasArts first-person shooter. By the way, back to LucasArts. It's been a few months. Yeah. yeah. And this is very much in the Dark Forces line. Yeah. But it's got something really unique about it. Now, when was the last time you even played it or saw it? I've never played it in my life. Okay. One thing that you need to get really psyched about is it's got this real cool cell animation style. Okay. So it does not look like Doom. It does not look like dark forces okay like it looks like a dark forces level and then you see somebody walk around in it as though they're walking around in a um uh chuck jones cartoon like they just walked out of um you know wiley coyote oh so like those hard black outlines to everything yeah, yeah, yeah i'm looking at yeah. video right now that's cool uh, just the way they move uh and the fact that your hand moves that way yes i think it's it works really well i played about three hours of it last night and um <laughs> it is a blast i really enjoy it the only downside would be uh, hey, it's got those really big, long puzzle-centered levels where you've got to click thirty different switches to get from oh, here to yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, so get psyched for those again. But um, other than that, man, I love it. And the the main story, I can't wait to talk about it. But it's much, much better than Jedi Knight. Really? That's all I'll say about the main story. Yeah. What? As I've gotten into, oh, geez. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm excited to jump in. Uh, you, dude, you remember the the full motion video from Jedi Knight? Oh, I, I thought you meant the story was better than Jedi Knight. Yeah, probably that too. But wow. uh, I don't know where the story was. Well, amazing but story. The, but yeah, all right. The, the full motion video was rough. Um, oh, okay, this, gotcha. This is this is really. I like the animation a lot. I think it's really nice. Uh, I'm going to do a real deep dive into the research on uh, the influences because um, yeah, I'm excited about it. Sweet. Oh man, I'm excited to play that. But yeah, until uh, that that'll be our last game of 2018, and then we're going to be doing a very long game, another like 30 to 40 hour game. Uh, which we teased a few months ago, but that'll be mm-hmm. our February game uh, that we'll be playing all through December and January. Anyway, Kotor two, we can we can tell you, we can remind you. Get 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 Kotor two, it is. Jason spoiled yes. it. Gosh, yeah, I, I think we spoiled it a couple months ago. That's fair. Um, well, that's fair. But all right, so yeah, on to Outlaws. Uh, until then, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, stipulations, uh, I don't know what else you would have for us. But uh, yeah, you can find us on our website at menoflowmorefiber.com. You can see links to our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook there. You can always email us at molfpod, M-O-L-M-F-P-O-D at gmail.com. And also, if you want to support us financially, we'd, we'd love a couple bucks a month, uh, even a buck a month. <clears throat> you can uh, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash M-O-L-M-F. Uh, yeah, I think that's all we have for you this month. Thanks again for, for listening. Uh, we appreciate you know any... Any iTunes reviews or stars you could give us, especially if they're five stars, that'd be amazing. Help spread the word. As always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. And I am a mighty pirate. And I'm a ghost. Woo! Smiley face. <laughs> See you guys.